the opportunity to be the pastor of this church and uh, I thank you that you've supported me such a uh, precious times and uh, all the great things that's happened and uh, over the past few years and uh, I know you've heard about it several times but in case you're here today you haven't heard it in the month of December if God still remains and doesn't come back and uh, we will have the church paid off and uh, so that's something that's probably that's been on my mind and I know my brother Hyde he's down in uh, Atlanta Georgia and uh, I know that that's been a concern of his over the years and uh, it's something that's uh, I don't want to say that boastfully I want to say that thankfully to God that has kept, uh, it's, it's kept you, someone asked me yesterday about preaching about tithes, and they said that uh, somebody was up to a church not too far from here, not long ago, and they said that they made up two or three offerings and they begged for money all during this service. How many of you have ever heard me beg for money? How many in this church? I want you to raise your hands. How many that you think, how many times have I begged for money? If I've ever begged for money that you know of inside this church. I know that they held their hands down because it hasn't happened. Now the reason is, is because God has blessed us. Why would you take advantage of people when God is blessing so great? Why would you push on people when they're giving their best? You know, I can remember a time that... Uh, I, I went to a church and they pushed so hard. When I went, I intended to give $10, and I'm talking about 40 years ago. $10 is quite a bit of money because I only made about $40 a week or something like that. I intended to give $10. I'd put $10 back. They pushed for money so hard, I kept my $10 right in my pocket, and I didn't even give them a, a George Washington, let alone a $10 bill. I just held my own. I thought, hey, if, you, if you're that uh, pushy, I'll just push back by just taking it home with me. I kind of got a whipping from God because I didn't give what I felt like he told me to give, but they talked me out of it. They talked me out of giving. Don't want to talk you out of giving anything. I want to uh, impress upon you that uh, you have give. If you haven't give just right, that's between you and God. As far as I'm concerned, you've did everything just right. And I want to thank uh, Brother Fugate he, uh, he remembers me, and he, he brought me. You bring me something about Big Blue, UK, you've made my day. And uh, I think maybe I'm so loud here, Ken, that uh, I can't stand it myself. So I don't know if it's getting back there that loud or not. But uh, what I'd even say, I don't know if the Big Blue will be in heaven or not. <laughs> what do you think, Kentucky people? Do you think... They'll have a basketball team up there. I kindly believe they will, and if I know if they have one, Big Blue will be there. That's how I feel. <laughs> Does that sound boastful? Well, I'm not, really I'm not really bragging about that. You know, they can win or lose, and I'll live on just the same if I'm going to live. But I want to kind of talk to you about, uh, about little britches, okay? And... Uh, I've learned in this life that uh, 
If we think our britches is too big, you ever hear that old saying? He thinks his britches is too big. That means he just thinks he's really cool. He's really got something, you know. Well, you know, I told you I was going to preach to you about britches, so I'm going to do that. Before a little of that Holy Ghost to rub off on me. How many here today honestly can say that you're afraid of the Holy Ghost? I'll honestly say that I'm fearful. Maybe you're not. Are you not afraid? Are you afraid? Sometimes I'm almost scared out of my skin. But you know what? I'm not afraid of people shouting. I'm afraid that I'm not in the perfect will of God. And the Holy Ghost will witness against me that I'm not. That's what I'm sometimes fearful of. Because I know that the Spirit of God is all-powerful. Now, I believe some of you are afraid when we get blessed. That's my most excitement here in this church is when people are getting blessed. You know what? Sometimes you get blessed and I don't get so blessed, but I'm thrilled because I know God's working and you're getting blessed. I don't always have to get blessed to think that, uh, you know, it's got to just come to me every time. I found out this, in the house of God, there's a lot of... My britches on. I hope you don't get offended. Now this is probably as corny as it can be, but uh, I'm going to try to use the Word of God with it. But sometimes I get up and I start to put one foot in my pant leg. And I'm all over the, the room trying to get that foot in there. I, I don't have as good a balance. Let me say this. I don't have as good a balance as I had at one time. Now, some of you don't have as good a balance with God as you might have had at one time. You're staggering and you're wavering. I guess, excuse me for saying it like this, but a lot of women probably wish their old man would keep their breeches on, not take them off in the first place. But uh, I hope I don't offend anybody now because ain't nobody here but us, is there? Is that right? And anything I'd say, you've heard it a hundred times. And I'm not going to try to say anything that's dirty. I might say something that's sinful. But I'll tell you somebody's got strength to take care of that. If I say anything about that. But old men have a problem sometimes of losing their balance. In the house of God. This is what I think. I think that you get saved and you stay saved for about 20 years. And you begin to think, I got it made. I don't have to do that much anymore. I used to do that. 
But now I have learnt better. I heard someone tell me not long ago that they had learnt better than act like some of the Pentecostal act. They learnt better. They got above it. In other words, they, their raisins went above speaking in tongues. They said it in a Sunday school today. There's three. There's three major ones. Sometimes the gift of knowledge tears you apart. Sometimes prophecy. The Bible says despise not prophecy. And if you're not careful, you'll despise every prophet that's ever been in the Bible because he's told you, Daniel, look inside of Daniel. He told you about things that's gonna happen down at the end, at the end of days. It's scary. You ain't afraid of the Holy Ghost? You ain't afraid of what's coming up on earth? You are not fearful of anything? Well, I am. I'm fearful of some things. I'm so fearful of what's coming up on the earth that I want all my children, all my grandchildren, and everybody that I know to escape it. That's how concerned I am about it. Well, if you'll put your britches on right, you'll make it through. I want to ask some of these older men, well, them that's 30 and up. Because see, this starts happening to you early in life. When you're young, you can stand on that one leg and hop all over, do a lot of things. But when you get old, how many of you pull one britch's leg off and you take that shoe? Rather than to get down, you take that shoe and you step on the other pant leg and you pull that leg out because you got it solid right there on the floor. See, you know how to step on that pant leg and keep it down, don't you? But you don't even know how to step on the devil sometimes and keep him down. He'll raise his neck up and come right at you and you're trying your best seemingly to get rid of him. I'll tell you why we can't get rid of Satan because we won't get close enough to God. The only thing that could keep us from getting rid of Satan is not drawing nigh enough to God. Because I'll tell you right now, the devil cannot hang around when God's there. See, he goes up before uh, Christ, I think, to accuse us. And I believe before he gets halfway done, I believe Jesus says, you're out of here. I don't need that. They're mine. They're mine whether they're good or bad. They're mine. I'll take care of my own. I'm glad I have a God that takes care of me. He can help me put my brushes on right. He can help me to stand. He can give me good balance. He can keep me. How many of you older men, you buy shoes and you used to wear eights and then you started wearing nines and now you get tens. Nine fell so good, I bought a ten. Used to be an old saying. I never knew why old men said that. I found out. If you don't wear slip-ons, get them big enough that you can slip them on without untying them. That's what you do. Listen, if you have a hard time serving God, 
Let him be big enough that you know you can come to him and he can take care of your problems. Well, that's about enough of that. I want to go to the Bible, okay? I like, I like to kind of loosen you up a little bit and let you know that I will guarantee you that this preacher is just a man struggling, trying to get to heaven. My aim and my goal is to make it to heaven. If that was not true, I wouldn't be your preacher. If, that, if, I didn't, if I wasn't concerned about making it to heaven, you know what I've thought of many of the time about quitting? I, I'll just tell you like it is now. God knows my heart better than you do, even better than I do. I've thought of many of the time about quitting. But then I have another thought that says, where will you spend eternity? And what will be the end of you? And what will you do with me, which is Jesus? Then I say, God, forgive me. Forgive me because there's no other. There's nothing else that I can look to. If you don't help me, I'm gone. You're the all that I've got. You can have the best family that ever was. You can love your children. You can love your little children. You can do all those things. Watch them grow up. Watch them get sassy. Watch them go against you. Watch them turn. Watch them turn from God. And then it breaks your heart. And you know sometimes you can stand back and say, I would to God. Some of them had never been born. That's terrible, ain't it? Well, I'm just common enough to tell you the truth about things. I went to my mother before I found Christ. And I said, Mom... You should have dropped me on my head. Some of you probably thought she did already. Said you should have dropped me on my head and I should have never made it because I'm going to hell and I don't know what to do about it. There's a lot of people going to hell today on their way and they don't know what to do about it. Psalms 100. Says make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and to his courts with praise. We're already inside the gates. Let's all stand up and enter with praise and with thanksgiving. Jesus, I thank you today that I was allowed to come to the house of God. I thank you, Lord, that you came in my heart and encouraged me to come to church today. I thank you, Jesus, that I am able to praise you all because you live inside of me, all because you encourage my heart to pray. And I thank you today, Jesus, that we're able to give you praise and thanks. And we lift your name above every name because truly you're the Savior. We thank you, God, for such love, such mercy, such understanding. We're not ashamed of you. We're not afraid, God, to serve you. We're afraid, God, of your spirit if we get out of line one bit. We become worried and threaten God and threaten Jesus by the powers of the enemy. But today, we're overcomers through you. Take charge, take care, and lift us up in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. 134, Psalms 134. 
Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye his servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, you shouldn't go to church of a night. The church was made and they, they didn't go to church of a night back in the old Bible. They only went uh, certain times of the day occasionally. Well, David must have went. Stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Zion is a mountain of Jerusalem. Mount Zion. I want to go over now into the book of Romans. Well, first of all, let me read Matthew 16, 17, 18, and 19. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whomsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whomsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I want you to think about this today. If you speak one word against church, you're speaking against God's own body of people. I'm saying if they belong to God. If there's a church that don't belong to God, exempt that. Because we know that we belong to God. Think of this. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You can become like the gates of hell even in the house of God. You can become a thorn in God's flesh in his house. Let me tell you something. Offense will come. The Bible said, Jesus said, offense will come. But woe by the man whom the offense come by. Woe be unto you. You think it's, you think it's nice to go home today and criticize the house of God. Well, let me tell you something. It might not be pleasing all the time. It might not be well polished. It might not be what you would expect if you come to this church. You might come here thinking you're going to get some, a little eloquent speech that's going to fit with uh, society and the world. Well, it ain't going to fit with none of them. In fact, it's going to give you a fit. I hope that it'll give you a fit if you don't live right. I hope it'll, de it'll disturb you if you don't live right. And that's why God sent me today. He sent me not to tickle your ears. He sent me to step on your toes. He sent me to make you lift up your head and say, I'm going to come to God. That's something that we don't like to do. Let me tell you this much. This is what I think. I think a lot of times for a person to live right... He's got to deny a lot of things that he likes. 
I like chocolate pie, and I like butter pecan ice cream, but I can eat it until it kills me. Right? You've got to have a little sense about what you're doing. I haven't had a whole lot, you can, you can see by looking at me, but I'm working on it. But you know something? I'd rather be happy inside of God, and they'd have to pry me to get, through, get me through the doors, is to fit this world just to a T. There's a lot of people wanting to fit the world. They want to be spoken good of by the world. Woe unto you when the world speaks well of you. Woe be it unto you when everybody speaks well of you. Bobby just read something in Sunday school this morning. Jesus called the two on the road to Emmaus, right? Was that where it was? Okay, road to Emmaus. He called two of them fools. You think you... You think Jesus was, uh, you, you know, some people think Jesus uh, loved you so much that he never scolded you. Anybody that loves you has got enough backbone to scold you when you're wrong. That's where real love comes in. That's called tough love. And that's the love that's hard for a man or a woman to put out today because they don't want to say those things. Now, chapter 3 of Acts. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms, to ask for some help of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. I want you to listen carefully to that silver and gold have I none. I've heard it said that all the apostles was rich and that they had plenty monies. Well, if they did, they didn't carry it with them. I'm a fellow that if I've got $100, I've usually got it in my pocket. <laughs> usually I don't have a hundred dollars but if I've got one I've usually got it in my pocket I don't want nobody else to spend it uh, that's one reason I got it secondly somebody might steal it then besides I might want something and I wouldn't have no money to help anybody with do you like to help people I believe Peter and John wanted to help people but I believe they didn't have anything except through the Spirit. Now you might say they had, a, they had plenty. Maybe it wasn't silver and gold. But uh, they might have had checks signed by the First National Bank. They might have had a lot of things. But I don't believe that they had anything. I believe that they were just flat broke. See, Judas had already got in trouble and he carried the money. And he'd already went out by this time and hanged himself. Judas had already killed himself because he went against God. Some of you, if you faced God without coming to him, you would have wished you'd have never been born. 
Do you feel sorry for Judas? I got a spot in my heart that feels sorry for everybody that's not right with God. I got a spot in my heart that feels sorry for everybody that cries, everybody that's got a problem. But it's not strong enough to go their way if they're wrong. You know, when you live for God, you've got to go a little distance. You've got to do a little thing. You've got to set yourself apart from these things. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such that I have give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankles, bones received strength. And he leaped and stood up and walked and entered in with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now in those days they were praising God. Was that bad? Well, that was back in those days. Now... We're not supposed to praise God in the house. We're supposed to come in real quiet and real nice and real respectable. That's what I call decent in order, aren't, aren't you? What do you think decent and in order is? Huh? There you go. See, there's some people who think decent and in order is keeping your mouth shut, not saying anything, not getting blessed, not getting lifted up, not getting encouraged not getting loved, and not giving God thanks, but just keeping quiet about it. Decent and in order is whatever God ordered. That's decent and in order. Whatever God ordered for that service, you're decent and in order if you follow through and do it. Most of the time, we're not loud enough here, we're not mean enough, we're not hard enough, we're not jumping around enough in the house of God to even let the people know what we've got. Have you got it today? Amen. Well, you're allowed to use it. Praise God if you've got it. Romans. I know I'm chasing you all around. But I want to get to the 12th chapter of Romans, but I want to get to the 11th one first. And verse 32. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Bobby, I pondered that scripture in my heart. See, if we think we believe so much, and if we don't uh, ask for grace of God, for Christ to come in, we think we're all right. We've got loads of people. They have to get lost or they'll never get saved. They have to know that they're not right with God. There's people today in the house of God that's claiming God. You say you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. I believed in Jesus all my life. So have I. But he never came, became my Lord until I was 27 years of age. And then sometimes I've had a hard time, Tony, keeping him as my Lord. Can I confess that openly without you downing me and thinking that I'm an individual that's not living right? I'll tell you the truth. I'm not living right except Jesus Christ live right through me and in me. I cannot live right without He helps me to live it. Is that how you feel? 
Or do you think you're sanctified holy? You've got it all, and all you have to do is sit around and watch other people and take a stick and keep correcting all your neighbors and everybody and straightening them up. That's what most of us want to do. We get a hold of God. We say we're saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you let somebody wear their hair a little short, you let them put a little makeup on, you let them put a, a pair of breeches on, women. I told you before, us men need them on. But uh, you let women do anything, and they're, they got the stick. They're marking you right there on the spot. And then they'll spend the next month talking about their neighbor that didn't dress to suit them, which didn't make them right or wrong, didn't make them nothing, and it don't amount to a hill of beans. It's just something to be critical about. <clears throat> I don't believe God's people are to be critical. For God, God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. Bless God for his mercy. Oh, the depths of his riches both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. I'm searching for them, but there's a lot of them. Dan, sometimes I look in the Bible and I say, God, where have I been? Where have I been all this time? How could I not have saw that before? Well, one scripture says ever learning and never coming to the truth. And a lot of people use that. If you learn something about what God says, they say, well, you ought to know that long time ago. Well, God's got a way of bringing me into him. He's got, Marshall, he's got a hook in my jaw. And he's reeling me in. And I'm trying my best to follow the directions that he's pulling. Are you? For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath seen his, or who has been his counselor? I'm sorry, but we've got loads of. Do you want? I said the only thing I'll do for you. I said, to the state of Ohio, except being uh, a qualified uh, pastor, minister, I have no counseling license. I said, the only license I've got is through the Word of God, through the Bible. If you want to talk about the Word of God, I'll meet with you. But if you want me to tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do and give you a psychological answer, I probably don't have it, so I don't want to do it but I'll talk to you about the Bible. I'll talk to you about the love of Christ. Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things to whom be glory forever. <clears throat> and then I wrote, I wrote down some stuff that I, I hope you don't get mad at me, but... Uh, says, I beseech you therefore, chapter 12 of Romans, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Who wants to present their bodies to anybody? 
Who wants to give your will and your body to be bossed by somebody else? That's what he's telling you. That's what he's telling you. You're not your own, you're not your own boss now. You can't go where you want and do as you please. Have you ever said this? I'll do what I want. I'll go where I please. Nobody tells me what to do. My name's Jim Pruitt. I'll do just as I please. Nobody tells me what to do. Who said that? I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. Let me tell you. Some of you would not admit what the 12th chapter of Romans says. Some of you won't admit it today. You won't admit it. Let me go to the next one. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed. If I ask you how many conforms to this world, almost every hand in this church ought to go up. I can prove it to you if, if I had the time. I don't have the time, but I can prove that you conform to this world. You say, no, I don't. Well, you do. You do. Now, the Bible's talking about really, don't let your mind, don't conform your mind to this world. There are some things that I know that you have to do that the world says do. You have to pay taxes. I don't like it, but I pay them. I never have liked it. You might think I'm not a good American because I don't like to pay taxes. I don't like to pay them. Well, I got to get going here because time's running out. Verse 3 in chapter 12, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. If I got your true feelings today, you think highly of yourself most of the time than you do anybody else. In fact, you almost think more highly of yourself than you do of God if you're not careful because you want to tell him what to do. And you want to try, and you'll go to prayer and try to make him do what you want to do. Am I telling it right? How many of us goes to prayer and hollers, gimme, 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 gimme my will, gimme what I want. I desire, give it to me. And you know what they'll do? They'll use the very scripture that says God will give you the desires of your heart to try to get what you want. Not what God wants for you. Not what you need. Not what God was talking about. God will give you the desires of your heart when your desire is upon Him. And if it's not, He will not give you the desire. Praise God that He don't give me the desires of my heart. I'd be living in a million dollar mansion driving the best cars ever made from overseas or wherever they are, and I wouldn't even wave at the poor, probably. I'd drive right on by and blow my horn and say, get out of my way. We want our way most of the time. Well, maybe not all the time.
Let me move on down. So we being many, verse 5, are one body. My goodness. I have to get in a body with some of you. Remember this the next time you talk about God's church. I brought God's church in there to let you know that if you're in the body of Christ, you're with a whole bunch of people. Some of them are black. Some of them are yellow. Some of them are this and some of them are that. Some of them lives in the scums of town. Some of them lives in the high mansions. But you're a part of that body. You better watch your step when you put people down. When you put people, I want to tell you again, when you put God's church down, you have put Jesus Christ down. When you put his church down, you have put him down. I don't like those people. I don't ever deal with those people. I don't care about those people. Let them go their way. So they are Christians. You're going to wake up if God lets you wake up inside of heaven. If he's good enough to you to let you wake up inside of heaven. My God, you're going to see all kinds of people. You're going to see the poor from the streets. You're going to see the down and outer. You're going to see them with legs off. You're going to see them with eyes out. You're going to see them with been burnt. You're going to see all kinds of people. You're going to see mongoloids. You're going to see children. You're going to see people that never had any mind at all. What are you going to do about that? How big are you? How much do you love God? Let me go a little further because I know it's closing time right now. Let love be without diseminations. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. That, uh, that word there means pretend. Pretend. The house is loaded with people that pretend. You pretend you love people when you can't hardly stand them. You pretend that you really care when it's about to kill you to be nice to them. Let me tell you this. This might be hard. And I, this might cut down to your heart where that you'll say, hey, he's too hard on me. If, if you're not guilty... Lift your hands and your eyes and your head and say, Glory! Praise God! I love them all! I care about all of God's people. Do you really? I don't know. If they're Pentecostal, they some of the Nazarenes or Baptists or Methodists can't stand us because we're Pentecostal. And there's some of the Pentecostal can't stand nobody. In fact, I think the Pentecostal are the worst. You know, they get a little bit, they think more. I... They don't have what I've got. They don't have as much as I've got. They don't even speak in tongues. I don't know if I even want to talk to them about the situation or not. And he said, oh, you come up here that's baptized in the Holy Ghost that's able to pray. You know what I ask? I say, children, if you know Jesus, come up and pray with us. We're not big shots. We're striving to enter in. That's what it's all about. It says, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. 
verse 10, and preferring one another. You know what? We don't prefer one another. We prefer ourselves, our family, me and mine, and everything else is fine. Just me and mine. That's what I... That's who I deal with. That's who I prefer. I don't prefer to be around those people. They turn me off. They're wanting something for nothing. How many of God's people has got something for nothing? We don't want to be in a body with other people. We, we pretend that we love one another. How many of us always wants to pay back? What was that? Somebody said something out loud. Say it again. Okay. It says, recompense no man evil for evil. Prove things honest in the sight of men. If it be possible... As much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. One more verse there I want you to look at. How many of us is willing, how many of us want someone else to pay our fines? How many are not willing to pay back? I'm going to catch you here because one place it says to pay what you owe. But here it says don't pay back. Don't pay back. If somebody does you in, don't pay back. Don't give it back to them. I can say this for the Pruitt family. They never wanted to take anything that they didn't want to get back. I'm talking about most of them was quick, was quick thinkers in that area. You do them, they'll do you. You do them in, they'll do you in backwards. It took Jesus to get me out of that. It took Jesus to turn me from that. I had a get even spirit inside of me that says I'll get them now or someday. I had so much in me that I wanted to get even with my mother one time. I was about 14 years old and I took my first girlfriend out and mom sent Willard and uh, Herman or one, uh, two of them after me. And Willard pulled up an old Model A Ford and he said, Mom said that you should come on home. And I said, I ain't going home. He said, you're either going home willingly or you're going home unwillingly. And there's about 20 people in the, in the group coming from church. I was belittled. I was put down. They put me in the back of that Model A Ford and took me home. My mother did not get me to eat her food or speak to her, I would go out into the garden and pull me up a carrot or something other and eat it. I wouldn't eat her food. Oh, get even. I was going to get even with my mother or die in the attempt. 
You know that I was low as a snake's belly to want to get even with my mother because she was doing that for my own good. Jesus has said all these things for our own good. Everybody stand, if you will. And if those singers would come on back. <laughs>